Another season in the books. The podcast featuring European professional athletes who pursue their university degrees at home or in the United States. We'll talk about the ups and the downs, the pros and the cons. We'll hear from each athlete as they share their journey through academics and athletics. I'm your host, Leslie Knight, 10-year veteran in Spain's professional basketball league, Liga Dia. Let's get to it. Hey everyone, Leslie here from another season in the books. Today we're going to talk with a professional basketball player from Saskatchewan, Canada. She's played two years professionally in Spain, as well as represented her country on the Canadian national team. She'll talk to us about how a young kid from Canada put herself out there, contacted universities in the United States, and achieved her goal, receiving a scholarship to play for Arizona State University. She'll talk to us about her academic journey, the nuances to living in a foreign country, and what it's like to experience a serious sports injury while playing in Spain. All this and more with Canadian Quinn Dornstadter. Quinn, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. I'm super, I'm super excited. Um, never been on a podcast before, so <laughs> this is going to be a new experience. Great. Um, so first question, thinking back, what is your first memory uh, related to sports as a little kid? Um, I think it, it's not basketball. I started basketball a little later, like eight or nine or something like that. I think it would have to be like maybe soccer. That's the, that's the first thing that's coming to my head is playing like little kid soccer. Um, not super well organized, just a bunch of little <laughs> kids, like chasing the ball around the field and stuff like that. But yeah, I think playing soccer, maybe when I was like five, Okay, well, coming from Canada, I was expecting you to say hockey, but they no. play soccer in Canada too, huh? Yeah, we do. Yeah, no, um, a lot of kids play hockey. My little brothers played it um, since they were little, little, but I never got into it for some reason. Okay, and then uh, after that, when would you say you started playing basketball? Uh, so I started in the third grade I the third grade all my friends were it's funny actually because I'm tall so you'd think like I'd be a natural but all my friends were in it and my parents were like well why not we'll just throw you in there too and I wasn't for honestly my first several years I kind of just went out there because my friends played and my parents put me in it but I wasn't super anything special but it was yeah a little bit later that I started to actually pick up like the pick up the the gist of it and get better at it but yeah my first couple of years were just out there so would you say you started because your friends were playing or did your parents kind of like push you in that direction or were you doing other sports at the time too oh yeah I was doing a lot of sports um it was just kind of yeah at the time when you're little like my parents put me in it all my friends were doing it and but I was playing yeah basketball soccer I danced actually until I was 12 um <laughs> Ukrainian dance too so kind of a interesting a, a different type of dance but um yeah it was just one of those things I was out there having fun and getting getting some exercise <laughs> okay um and then your history uh growing up your your story is a little bit interesting because at some point you and your family left the United States and you went somewhere else 
um, and you continued playing basketball, correct? We did. Um, so when I was 13, yeah, 13, we left and we did a year in France, just short of a year, like 10 or 11 months or something like that. And the reason we did that is my parents, so my parents are old backpackers. They love traveling. They're just, they they have the travel bug, as you would say. And um, they wanted to get out and they wanted to, they wanted for us to experience the world. So they figured, they heard about this opportunity at their job called the deferred salary leave, which is kind of like a sabbatical where basically you just like you take a little portion of your paycheck, like a percentage of it every month and that gets put away. And you do that for however many months or years until you've saved up a good amount of money. And then you get to take time off and you get that money that you saved, you get that back. So they did that and we took the year off and uh, yeah, they're like packed us all up and they're like, we're moving to France. And so we went to the south of France in a little town called Aiguillon is like right in between Bordeaux and and uh, Toulouse and we lived there I went to school um, like a French school with the kids and I played on a club team actually in a town called Tampsolot and we we did really well actually we ended up winning the provincial championships Woohoo! yeah which was <laughs> really really cool and that was actually kind of I would say like my first taste of like competitive competitive basketball and that like was in some ways I think that might have been kind of like the turning point or the point where everything kind of just like clicked and I was like I got more into it and I got it became less of just a pastime and more of like something that was a big part of my life. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure going to a new country and not knowing anybody having to adjust to the language being part of that team probably, I'm assuming, helped you adjust and adapt to your new life in France. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, the girls were great. I like I met some really amazing players and they welcomed me with open arms. And um, I had, yeah, a lot of fun. I met some really cool people. Okay, so after the 11 months, 12 months in France, you come back to Canada and you pick up right right again with your high school team or um how did that work yeah so i would i would have been going into 10th grade then so i yeah i started playing with my high school senior team um and it's funny because so there's like the the junior and the senior team is what we call it in canada and 10th grade would still be junior but i decided to go to the senior tryouts and um my so I go to the senior tryouts and my dad is talking to the coach and her name is Becky and he was like Becky like just tell us like if if she's not gonna if she's not gonna play a lot if she's not really gonna be on the like like if it's gonna be too too high of a level for her just let us know and we'll keep her down in junior and Becky's like no 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 trust me like we like are you joking like we definitely and I was just kind of like you know, a kid who's out there playing and stuff like that. And I had no idea, but she's like, no, like, please, we want her to play on the senior team. And from there, yeah, I just, my basketball career just kept going up. Okay. Um, Well, good for uh, your dad for being, (laughs) you know, not being the neutral parent. And um, thankfully the coach let you play on the senior team. Um, So then did the national team in Canada start contacting you at some point? Uh, yeah, so uh, after after that season, I had a good high school season, and I played on my provincial team, 
and um, so provincials, we, we compete against other provinces and like the national uh, championships and stuff like that. And that's where I did well there. And I think I got the attention of whoever was watching with Canada basketball. And um, yeah, I got an invite that next, it would have been, there was a, a tryout or whatever, I think in December of the next year. So my 11th, 11th grade year. And yeah, I got invited to try out for the national team and um, yeah, I made it and been there ever since. <laughs> <laughs> well, congratulations. I mean, playing on the national team has got to be incredibly um, exciting and fulfilling and you must feel very proud to represent your country, I would think. Definitely. It's a huge honor and it's, um, it's I think, I don't know, it's just a special program and the people that I've been fortunate enough to play with have been amazing and I feel like it's been a huge part of my growth and I mean obviously basketball has become a huge part of my life because of that I went to a division one school probably because of my national team involvement and now here I am overseas so yeah it's it's been it's been really really amazing yeah it's been quite the ride um, okay, so you played with your national team during the summers, but then I'm assuming you also played with an AAU summer team, and or who, because I know through uh, previous conversations with you throughout this past year, that you actually had a tournament in Minnesota, and we didn't realize this until your parents came to visit, and we were talking, and turns out you actually played in my high school gym. Um, so when you came to the States for those summer tournaments, um, I don't know if that was with your national team or do you think that that also helped with recruiting as far as then, you know, receiving a scholarship to play in the States? Yeah, definitely. So that was actually with the provincial team. I'm not sure. I played two years with the provincial team. I'm not sure which year, but, um, yeah, that was provincial team. And yeah, definitely. I think that that's a huge part. And I think lots of teams in Canada nowadays are trying to get down to tournaments in the States. Just it's all about kind of exposure and being seen. And sometimes if, you know, if you stay up north in Canada, like you don't have good odds of your players getting seen, even though there is talent. And I think um, it's that's starting to be seen more and more and more like the Canadians that are making their way into like I mean on the men's side and the NBA and stuff like that and on the women's side there's a lot of high profile players too but it's super important for us to get down into uh, bigger tournaments and stuff like that where we can be seen and recruited and all that stuff. Okay so um, how was your process being recruited to play in the states and being that you are from Canada um, did you have to do anything different uh, to get into the university? Did you have to do more paperwork than, let's say, somebody from the U.S.? Um, did you have to pass any specific tests? Obviously, English was not a problem because that's your your native language. But um, just the process of coming to a school in the United States, do you think it was different for you than it was for a student already coming from the States? Uh, definitely different um, in that we had no idea what we were doing and there wasn't really too much as far as like support or structure around that. I think in the States, it's like kids who know that they have that up or that they're at that level that they could go play definitely have or tend to have like coaches or some sort of structure that guides them. Mm -hmm. We had no idea. So for me, basically what I did was I made my own little, uh, 
mixtape, whatever, <laughs> whatever you want to call it, highlight tape. And I just uh, sent that out to a bunch of coaches and I sent that out to a lot, like probably like 200 schools or something like that. And maybe, maybe like a quarter of them actually bit on it. And then from there, you just keep narrowing it down. Um, yeah, it was a really kind of interesting way of being recruited. Um, and then of course I got like some interest from the tournaments that I went to, but I think the biggest factor was actually that little, that little homemade, uh, highlight tape. That, <laughs> that I'd be curious out. to know, uh, what music you put on there. <laughs> oh, I don't think what was I, popular at there, the time. <laughs> I don't think there was music on it. Oh. It was just, it was like a, maybe a three or four minute, um, yeah, just clips from the national championship with my provincial team. And at that point I had been playing with the national team one, one year going into my second year. So that obviously helps too. Um, but yeah, I just sent that out and then the recruiting process went on as normal, but I didn't have like, I think it's normal for like kids they're normally their AAU coach or their high school coach might help or Mm -hmm. something like that but no I didn't I had no idea what I was doing so we just kind of did that and it worked out great Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm super happy I'm super lucky that I ended up going where I went because I think that like a lot of times kids get overlooked because it was a it was a challenging process it's recruiting is difficult or getting recruited is difficult and uh, I, I'm just, yeah, I, I think that I would love to do something or help help kids in Canada kind of get more exposure and help them on that path because I, I don't think it's normal necessarily to do it the way that I did it. Yeah, I'm. this is the first time that I've heard you talk about this and I am kind of blown away that you took matters into your own hands, made your own highlight tape and had the know-how when you were 17 years old uh, to send this highlight tape out to 200 schools in the United <sighs> States. I mean, I am really impressed, Quinn. Um, you are definitely just a go-getter and very independent and mature for your age. Um, because in my experience, you know, all these schools were contacting me. I didn't really have to do any work. And my parents helped me with the mail and whatnot. But um, for you to be proactive and send a highlight tape out, I think is just, you know, I applaud you. Well, I mean, I definitely have to give like a huge thank you to my dad because he was the the driving factor behind it. He was the one who kind of looked at the schools and he he's all into research and stuff like that. So he did like he looked at the basketball side of it, the academic side of it, and he helped me pick all the schools. He helped me do the email and he helped me a lot with a lot of the initial contact and sorting through all that stuff which without him I don't think I would have probably made it because it's a lot for like you said for a 17 year old kid I made the highlight tape myself (laughs) it's still up there I'm not gonna tell you what it's called because it's super embarrassing (laughs) I think we're gonna have to look this up oh man yeah no that it's I was like yeah 15, 16 years old and just skin and bones. And it's really funny actually to watch now, but hey, it got me recruited. So exactly. (laughs) Hey, whatever works. Um, So how did you narrow down your school and what stood out to you specifically about the school that you chose? 
Um, well, actually, it's funny because ASU wasn't on the first. We sent out, I think, two rounds, and they weren't on. Like, my dad picked the first schools, and they weren't on it. And then the second, the second round, I was like, Dad, I want to pick a couple schools. And so I was like, Arizona State. And again, my dad was like, oh, I don't know. Like, are you sure that's that, that's like pretty high caliber? I'm like, well, it doesn't hurt, right? So we sent out some more emails and they were included in the list. And lo and behold, they answered and they started uh, the recruiting process with me. And um, I don't know. I think it was just, it was one of those schools that it's, it's great basketball, but the people made all the difference and I didn't even know what I was getting myself into at the time um because it's it's difficult when you're kind of on the outside and you don't know what you're dealing with but like just the family feel of it and how much you can just kind of tell like even even in the recruiting process you can just kind of tell but the I think just the culture of the program and talking to the coaches and I went on a visit there and I could see just like this was a really kind of high caliber program with good people and I'm super grateful that I ended up there because it was it was a really special experience. Um, that was going to be my next question. You went on an official visit to ASU, mm-hmm. Arizona State University. Did you visit any other schools? I did. I visited... Um, Richmond in BC, or uh, not in BC, that's, no, Richmond in Virginia, and um, I visited Boston University. Mm-hmm. So kind of, yeah, a different mix of schools. Some were more academic, some were, yeah, but um, I only did three, and then I went to Arizona State, and I was just like, I kind of knew after that. I was like, I loved it. Okay. Um, obviously, they have nice temperature, nice weather down there in Arizona, um, maybe the winter there is a little bit more mild compared to <laughs> Saskatchewan, Canada. Um, how many hours, if your family were to drive from uh, Regina, Canada, all the way down to ASU, how long would that drive take? Well, we've done it maybe three times at least now, and it's uh, it's about a 25-hour drive. Um Kind of brutal, but it is a beautiful drive, too. Um, <laughs> but it's a long ways, yeah. Wow, you see the silver lining and everything, Quinn. 25-hour <laughs> drive, unbelievable. Um, okay, and when you decided to go to ASU, did you know specifically what you wanted to study? Uh, yeah, well, I started in engineering, uh, biomedical engineering, and that was, as a freshman, like, I think a freshman coming in in any major, you're just, like, it's crazy, so engineering was really difficult for me and I kind of figured that I didn't like it as much as I thought I would. It was a lot of like math and physics and I figured out pretty fast I don't like math and physics. So I ended up switching, I think my freshman second semester, I switched into uh, biochemistry and I like that better. Okay. Um, yeah, definitely a tough major for any uh, student, let alone a student athlete. Um, but you stayed there for four years, and um, when do you think you realized that you could potentially play after uh, your college years? Um, for me, it was it was kind of something that I always had in the back of my mind, especially like playing with the national team and stuff like that. Um, I knew that if I wanted to continue playing with the national team, I would have to continue playing like regularly. 
So, and that's something that they encourage us is after college, you're, you have to go play professionally. So it was something that once I, I, I knew that I was going to go play, uh, in college, I, I figured I was going to play afterwards too. Okay. And backtracking just a sec, when you went from Canada to Arizona, do you think there was any culture shock or, um, did people, did your teammates ever kind of laugh at you ever for your accent? I mean, Mm. I've known you now for the past six, seven months, and I can't really say that I, I hear an accent and I'm from Minnesota, so I guess I'm pretty close to Canada, but did you notice any cultural differences? Um, I mean, obviously it's, it's nothing compared to moving from say Europe, like some players do, or some other part of the world, uh, very similar culturally, but there are subtle differences, um, that are, I mean, really like it you wouldn't even notice unless you've been living there for years and years and it's kind of difficult to even explain sometimes but there's just the the ways that people act sometimes are different or things people say stuff like that um yeah they did make fun of me every now and then for my accent they they love to make fun of me whenever I say sorry (laughs) they say sorry (laughs) yeah and I've come to find out that I say semi-truck and you say what I say semi-truck. There's there's small things like that. Um, but for the most part, it was a pretty smooth transition, I'd say. And when it came to practices between what you were used to in your high school and with your national team, when you came to ASU, were you easily able to adapt to um, the expectations of playing Division One basketball? I think definitely with the national team, that was a huge help for me. Um, I mean, it's just like, it's way more intense than your regular high school or AAU, whatever. Um, Yeah, that was definitely helpful as far as workouts. And it was also, I found really helpful with traveling and being away from home because a lot of girls, when they go away to college, it's their first time really leaving home for a long time. And I, at least with my national team, I had experience, like we would go, we would we would do training camp, which would last a couple of weeks, and then we would go compete, and that would be somewhere usually overseas. And so I could be away for maybe a month, a month and a half at a time sometimes. So that was like a little taste of living away from home. True. You traveled a lot with your national team. Uh, can you tell us like the various countries that you've been able to visit thanks to uh, playing basketball? Yeah, I've been to a lot of places. Um, So my first year, we went to Belgium and Amsterdam. And then, gosh, I have to remember all this. We went to my second year, France, Spain, the Canary Islands, actually, in Spain, which was super cool. Um, Where else did we go? Lithuania. I've been to China a couple of times now. And uh, Taiwan as well. South Korea. I think that might be all with the national team that I can think of at the moment. But yeah, a couple different places. Wow, that's amazing. Uh, the ability to travel and play and represent your country. I just, I'm, I'm jealous in a good way. <laughs> um, and then my other kind of going off your college experience, were you the only, I don't want to say foreigner because it's not like Canada is that different, but did you have any other nas- international players on your team? Yeah, we actually had another Canadian at the time. Her name was uh, Izzy Perkovich. Um, she is she was a year older than me, and now they have they have one Canadian, a, a freshman, going to be a sophomore. That they 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 were both recruited like me from the national teams, and they have they're starting to go a lot more international. They have one Canadian, 
a, uh, a, a French girl and a Spanish girl. Oh, they have a Spanish. A Spaniard. Who's that? Uh, her name is Iris ah, something. Yes. I think maybe she was from the Canary Islands. Yeah, she's from, yeah, one of the islands. Uh, I don't want to try to say her last name, but yeah, she uh, she's a freshman too. Yeah, um, I know exactly who you're talking about because I've actually played against her in Liga Dia. No way. Yeah. She was, I didn't know she played Liga Dia. Yep, she definitely did. Um, when I was in Logroño playing, we went to the Canary Islands to play them. And uh, she was out for a little bit. I think she hadn't. She was coming back from an injury, but she was like a young prospect who everybody spoke really highly of. And look at that, she's at ASU, huh? Yeah, she. Uh, yeah, I guess her injury actually was a knee injury. Um, but she's. Yeah, she's at ASU now, and uh, I think she. I. I think she had a pretty good season as a freshman, and um, I got to meet her briefly when I was there. And she seems like a really good kid and great prospect for the team. Wow, small world, this basketball world. Um, all right, so as you're going through college and you're in your senior year, did you uh, see yourself playing at the next level or um, did you think that it was possible? Um, tell us a little bit about what happened towards the end of your senior year because you did actually go to training camp, right? Yeah, so my senior year at the end um, – I did all the normal stuff, got an agent, all that stuff. Um, and yeah, I ended up, I didn't get drafted, but um, I got a, I guess my agent got a call or whatever, and I got to go to a training camp with the LA Sparks, where I actually played with Brittany. This is where I met Brittany for the first time. Um, Brittany, our teammate, Brittany Brown. <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah, so that was an incredible opportunity. Um I obviously did not make the team, but I'm super like I'm super grateful that I got to go and play with some top players, like players that, you know, have been playing for years and you kind of like legends of the game. And here I am playing on their team. So that was really, really cool. Yeah, I can't imagine what that experience must have been like uh, to be sharing the court with people like Candace Parker and just international names that a lot of young girls probably have heard of. Um, and when you were at that training camp, did you see a major difference between um, university basketball and the next level? Was it faster? Was it more physical? Um, tell us about that. Yeah, there is a definite difference. Um I mean, yeah, definitely athleticism-wise, it was faster and more physical. Uh, the players were just all around, like, skilled and definitely experienced, too. There was some some rookies, obviously, that were coming in like me, but there was a lot of experienced players, and I noticed that a lot. Um, it's Yeah, it's a different game for sure than college. Mm-hmm. All right, so you didn't make the team, but obviously uh, your agent then went on to look for teams in Europe. And um, did you have a preference as to where you wanted to play or did your agent just present you with some potential uh, teams and you thought, okay, that one sounds good or no, I don't want that place because I want to be, I don't know, in a certain country or a certain city or how did you end up deciding on coming to Spain and signing for Benvibre? Um, Well, actually, Spain was always kind of one of those places I was in the back of my mind and it's with stuff like this, it's not like you, you usually don't get to like pick and choose exactly where you want to go. It's for me, at least it was like, they give you a couple options and you, you pick from what options you have, but I always did want to go to Spain. And so, 
Um, I think my agent told me basically that Spain would be a great place to start because it's, it's a good league competitive basketball and it's also an easier place to transition for a first time player for anyone really. Um, it's just the culture and the lifestyle were, um, something that would be like a good, a good situation. Mm Mm-hmm. And when did you find out that Brittany Brown, who you competed against in college and then went to training camp with, and then when did you find out that you were going to be playing on the same team in Spain? Um, I'm not sure exactly when it would have been. It would have been around the time that I signed, which might have been like uh, April or May. No, it wasn't. Yeah, it was like late April. And I think she actually signed maybe a month or two later than me, so... And at the time we had met, but we didn't know each other super well, but that was even nice just to kind of know like, hey, I know this person and we're going to be playing overseas together now. That's it's comforting. Mm -hmm. So now that you've been over, this is you're almost finishing your second season. But looking back at that first year in Bembibre, um, would you say that it was a big adjustment from, I don't know, the style of playing in college to the style of playing in Spain and then just... Tell us a little bit about the overall adjustment of leaving your country um, and being on your own in a different different country, a different city. Just, you know, you're no longer with your family in France when you were 13. You know, now you're mm-hmm. you're 19, uh, or not 19, you're what, 20, 23. 23, or when you came over to Bembibre, 22, um, and you're living by yourself and you're, you're doing it all on your own. Yeah, um, it was a big adjustment. I think, I mean, as far as, being away from home and stuff like that, I was used to it because college, um, I was away from home the whole time. But being away from home in America, which is similar to Canada, is not the same as being away from home in Europe. Um, so there was definitely some a little bit of culture shock. I think I handled it pretty well since I have traveled, so I knew what to expect, kind of, though it is different living in a place rather than just like visiting or traveling. Um, But yeah, there was, to me, more than anything, I think the shock was just leaving college and leaving a place that I had become really comfortable in for four years and people that I knew well and a basketball team and a system that I knew really well. And just when when you kind of hit that, like the end of your four years and then it's like you you leave and it's like you I don't know, it's a shock to the system. I think it is for everyone no matter what even if I hadn't continued playing and if I had decided to just go on with my life in some other direction get a job it's yeah leaving leaving after four years of something that you're very comfortable in is definitely difficult mm-hmm. but I survived and I'm <laughs> and you're here today and here I am <laughs> um but what about I mean you obviously had background in French um but as far as Spanish goes, you probably hadn't studied too much Spanish before no. coming to Spain. And here you are on a team with uh, people from Spain, with a coach that's Spanish. Um, how was the language adjustment? Um, the language, obviously, I didn't speak Spanish. And we study mostly, in Canada, we study mostly French. So I do speak decent French. And I think that helped a lot. Um, I made the mistake of thinking, oh, you know, I speak French, so I'll be able to pick up Spanish, no problem. Um, and they're not the same language, <laughs> but um, that it definitely did help knowing French and they have similar structures. So I was able to pick it up pretty, pretty well. And I, I mean, now I'm not, I'm definitely far from being 
a good speaker, but I do understand for the most part. And can, I can say what I need to say. <laughs> <laughs> That's always important. Um, all right. So now you, you had your season in, Bimbi, in Bimbibre. You are about to finish your second season in Zaragoza. Um, looking back on those first two years, what would you say are the benefits to continuing to play basketball overseas after your college years? I mean, for me, I love basketball and it's kind of, it's my life and it's my passion. So that in itself is the number one benefit. But I think, I think a huge benefit of playing overseas is it, I mean, basketball opens doors, like in college, it opened a door and now here I am like living in a different country, meeting people I never would have met, experiencing things that I never would have found at home. Um, I think that's one of the coolest things about playing overseas is you get to, you just get to live this totally new life and do all these new cool things that most people wouldn't even know what you're talking about from home sometimes. Mm-hmm. And I heard you say that basketball is your passion, um, which for a lot of us that continue playing after college, it, it is our passion. Um, and you talked about some of the benefits, but now I want you to touch a little bit about on some of the, we talked about the pros, what about the cons? Um, obviously, playing overseas is great, but at the same time, there might be things that uh, you feel like you're missing out on. I know that I you know, have been away from my family now for 11 years playing overseas, mm. and wow. we miss out on a lot of things. Um, so thinking about your career, um, you know, you're very happy playing basketball, but at the same time, I bet you're, you have other things going on in your mind and you're wondering, um, you know, what, what's next? What's the future going to hold? Um, how long am I going to play? Am I going to return to Canada? Um, and furthermore, this podcast, we're focusing a lot on studies. So um, I know that you have interest in possibly continuing your education. And so I'm, I'm sure that's kind of in the back of your mind as well. Yeah, all that stuff. I mean, you are you're away from home. There's it's like far away from home now. For me, the before it was an hour difference. Now it's uh, seven or eight, sometimes nine, depending on who I'm talking to. So you're away from home and your family, and you're kind of in a place where you don't really necessarily have friends. I've been super lucky this year because my teammates have been amazing. Um, but yeah, you're not, it's, you're kind of just picked up and put down in a completely new environment. So it can be, it can be isolating for sure. And like friends or family at home, th this isn't something that they are familiar with. So it's isolating in that sense too. Sometimes like you can't really, you can explain, but nobody completely understands your situation and some of the things that you have to deal with sometimes because it's not a very common pathway at all. Um, that being said, I, I still love it. I wouldn't trade it for anything. But yeah, there's there's that side of it. There is the, um, I guess, the, well, you could say, I don't know, academic side too because for me, I know that I would like to continue my studies I'm not sure exactly when or where yet, but it's one of those things where you have to, it, you're always kind of thinking about your life and in some, in some ways it does feel like I'm putting my life on hold. In other ways, no, because this is something that I absolutely love. So 
it, it, it's kind of like you have to, it, I'm in a little bit of an internal battle or a conflict with myself sometimes because it's like, I, I want to, I don't want to feel like I'm missing out on things or I'm setting myself back as far as going to school later, starting a career, doing things that all my friends and family at home are kind of getting into or are well into already. But like, this is this is kind of my life and what I really, really want. So it's it's one of those things where I have to really weigh out the pros and the cons. But at the end of the day, this is this is where I want to be. Right. Um, I on the one hand, I understand exactly what you're talking about. And um, a lot of people, I think, would tell us, hey, you're only young once. You can only play basketball at this Absolutely. point in your life. And once you decide to hang it up, you are not going to probably be able to go back and start it up again. So if you're going to do it, do it now, right? Definitely, definitely. And I had I had um, one of, I'm not, I don't even remember who told me this. It was uh, an older player with the national team. I remember that. And I've always kind of hung on to this. They just told me that it's one of those things that when you're done, when when you when you're done playing you'll just kind of know when you know you know and I'm kind of just like I always keep that in my mind and for right now I know that I'm not done I I I feel like I'm far from being done yeah I would agree that I've heard uh teammates older teammates uh say that same thing you know that you'll just know when you're ready to to be done um but you're you're a young pup and you've got many (laughs) years ahead of you um Something else that we haven't touched on uh, are injuries, and um, I know that you had quite the injury last year. Um, tell us a little bit about what it's like being injured, getting injured in a foreign country, and how, I don't know how scary it is, or just the doubts you had, or um, you know what your situation entailed. Yeah, I definitely, I had a not fun one last year. Um, so I was actually playing here in Zaragoza and um, uh, the last couple minutes of the game, I ended up tearing my ACL, MCL, and meniscus. Um, so yeah, that was my first serious injury, actually. Um, it was, I mean, it's difficult to say because I've never really had to deal too much with injuries so as far as like how what it's like getting hurt in a foreign country but I mean um it's it's frustrating in some ways because there's a language barrier so it's difficult um to communicate stuff like that um I ended up going home pretty soon which I think is pretty normal just wanting to get out and get back to a comfortable place when you're hurt but um I had my surgery done in Madrid which was really really good actually um I was nervous just because you don't really know what what the medical system is going to be like in a country that's not your own but I was really well taken care of there so that was actually a really good experience Mm -hmm. yeah that's great to hear because I think a lot of people have this stereotype that in Canada and in the United States uh, the medical treatment is you know top And um, Mm -hmm. the truth is that in a lot of other countries, especially in Europe, they have great medical care and they might not do things exactly how we do them back home, but that doesn't mean that they're any less um, important or um, what do I want to say? Like 
less val of less value um, just because they do things differently doesn't mean that it's not also a very good way to go about an operation. So I'm really glad to hear that you had such a positive experience in Madrid. Yeah, yeah, it was really good. Um, I was taken really good care of and um, the doctors were really great. So yeah, that was awesome. Mm -hmm. And since then, um, that surgery took place in January? Yeah, end of January. So it's been, gosh, a year and what would that be? Three months? Mm -hmm. A year and three months, more or less. Okay, so you have bounced back, fought back, clawed your way back from a pretty serious knee injury. Um, and so I, I think about all of the um, characteristics, uh, personality traits that athletes have as far as just perseverance, um, pushing through, keeping at something, not giving up. Um, you really did a fabulous job recovering and found another team the next year. And we're about to play our second game of the playoffs. Um, and here you are, uh, running up and down the floor, grabbing rebounds, going up for layups. And you've been able to mentally, um, from the outside, at least how I see you get over a very tragic injury. So, um, congratulations to you, Quinn. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. It's a uh, yeah. It's definitely been uh, a battle. I uh, sometimes yeah. It, it's it's been tough, but um, I'm super grateful that I have been able to, like you said, play on a team like the very next year, which doesn't happen for a lot of players. So I'm really grateful that I got this opportunity to get back on the court so fast. Um, it's yeah, it's definitely helped me grow in different ways and nobody ever wants to get hurt, of course, but I think the silver lining to it is that it it's it's made me I I've changed my it's made me kind of um adapt not not that it makes me adapt my way of playing, but I've I've become I've learned how to play different like as far as like um like toughness and stuff like that, like it's it's kind of difficult to explain, but it's one of those things where it's like you you learn. I've become more kind of in touch with my body and what feels right and what maybe doesn't feel right, and it's it's really helped me grow my game that way. Um, it's been it's been a huge motivating factor too. Um, it's it's kind of one of those things where like the old saying goes, like you don't really realize what you have until you don't have it anymore. And for me, I, you know, there's days where it's like, oh, I don't want to go to practice today or I don't feel like doing this. And I spent, well, I was out for eight and a half months. So I spent those eight and a half months wishing I could be at practice and wishing I could go do all those things that normally you don't want to do. So, I mean, of course, every player still, I still have days where I'm like, eh, I don't want to go today. But I, I feel like I catch myself a lot faster. I'm like, but I'm super grateful that I am able to play because mm -hmm. I wasn't a short time ago. Right. It definitely gives you perspective mm -hmm. um, sure. when you're not able to do something. Um, so, yeah, I would say that's a, a silver lining of injuries. And it's always good to remind ourselves um, to be thankful of what we have, uh, because the moment that we don't have it, we we wish we did. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um, well, another season in the books. This season is almost about to end. Um, what's on the agenda for Quinn this upcoming summer? Um, well, nothing nothing to be said yet about next season, but for this summer, I have um, 
a national team tryout with the senior national team and potentially um, some national team stuff going on with the kind of the development national team, um, possibly going to the Pan Am Games. So that um, I'm really looking forward to that, just getting to play more, um, get more game time, see a lot of my old friends that I ha- I didn't get to see last summer, actually, which is the first time I haven't played national team in like years. I think like I played five years in a row and last year was my first time not playing. So I'm really excited to see everyone again and, and uh, yeah, just get some more court time. Well, Quinn Dornstadter, this has been a wonderful interview. Um, Thank you so much for your time, and thank you so much for sharing your story with us. Um, And just thank you for being an example to all the athletes out there who go through uh, rough times, fighting back injuries, um, you know, being out in the world, um, being responsible, being having perseverance, uh, being open-minded to living in new cultures. Um, it's been an absolute pleasure and I've thoroughly enjoyed playing with you this season and I just wish you the best of luck with your continued studies wherever those might take you and whenever um, they might happen but um, thank you for your time and best of luck to you thanks so much Les it's been lots of fun when I interviewed Quinn in March she did not know what her summer would look like after recovering from her knee injury she thought she'd maybe make the Canadian developmental team But as time would tell, she ended up making the national team and traveling to Brussels as well as Manchester to play against teams like Spain, China, Belgium, and Great Britain. I love Quinn's story because she is a genuine example of what hard work and being persistent can get you in life. This past season was my first year playing with Quinn. And when I tell you she was the first player getting shots up before practice and the last one shooting after practice, I'm not exaggerating. I'd also like to congratulate Quinn on her recent contract agreement with Quesos El Pastor in Zamora, Spain, another team in Spain's top division, Liga Dia. I'll be looking forward to following you, Quinn. <laughs> que lo sepas. Well, that's a wrap for this week on another season in the books. Next week, I will be working a basketball camp in Tarragona, Spain, so our next show will have to wait until the 23rd of July. If you or your child is ever interested in attending a basketball camp here in Spain, please let me know. You can find me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn under the name Leslie Knight. Hasta luego. Keep up the studies and stay on top of your game.